Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Talking Your Way to Change. My name is Dr. Zan Banker, and I am the host of this show. I'm a licensed psychologist with 23 years of experience, and I am excited to have this platform to educate others about mental health and psychotherapy. Welcome, everyone. In this first episode, How to Choose a Therapist, we're going to be talking about and trying to make sense of different treatment approaches. When people are having a mental health crisis, finding and choosing a therapist can be an overwhelming task. Although choosing a therapist that will be a good fit is a complicated process and hard to operationalize because there are so many variables at play, for instance, a likability component that is not much different than finding the right chemistry as we do with friends or dating partners. There is a therapist's years of experience or expertise, say for example, eating disorders or divorce. However, if one is seeking treatment for a common disorder such as depression or anxiety, one might be overwhelmed by the number of therapists they find online or from a list given by an insurance carrier. I thought it might be useful to share some information about different types of treatment approaches. There are many terms therapists use to describe their treatment approaches, such as psychodynamic, cognitive behavioral, humanistic, dialectical behavioral, acceptance commitment therapy. Psychotherapy began about 100 years ago. And despite having many different treatment approaches evolve over time, I basically organize them into three waves. I like to think of them in this fashion, waves. The relational wave was the first. The second wave was cognitive behavioral. And the third wave has been the positive psychology wave. Let's dive into the first wave, the relational wave. This wave began at the turn of the 19th century with psychoanalysis and psychodynamic informed therapies. These therapies brought to our awareness the unconscious mind and our defense mechanisms that we use to keep things that upset us out of our awareness. For instance, denial or repression. The cornerstone of these therapies are the relationship that we form with a therapist and an exploration of that relationship. In a capsule, these therapies provide insight into our own psychologies and a corrective experience with a therapist. Attachment theory fits in this wave as well, and in an upcoming episode, I will discuss the merits of this theory for everyday lives. Briefly, attachment theory asserts that at a genetic level, we are programmed to identify one or a few specific individuals who we are most closely attached to for our survival. Then in this relationship, our attachment system is formed and this system follows us into our adult lives and shapes our romantic relationships as well. There are two dimensions of attachment that intersect that we concern ourselves with. Our capacity for intimacy. Do we crave closeness? or do we try to avoid it, or our level of anxiety about the availability of our partners from desperately seeking our partners or desperately seeking our freedom. 
I thought it would be helpful to give you a couple examples of typical clients um, who would benefit well in these different waves. Um, to this relational wave, to its credit, the therapeutic alliance has remained the most important variable correlated with all treatment approaches in terms of their effectiveness. So the relationship is paramount no matter what wave you enter in. A typical client seeking therapy in the first wave generally show a genuine interest in exploring themselves and seeking self-knowledge, as well as relieving their symptoms. They have a capacity for self-reflection and a natural curiosity for their internal life and behaviors. Often these clients have had repetitive relational difficulties. They may have character traits that they're causing difficulties in their relationships or at work or they have a lot of unresolved histories of trauma or loss. The second wave, which I like to call the cognitive behavioral wave, is focused primarily on linking the way that people think and behave to their mood. These types of therapies are often more active for the patient and homework is often prescribed. In CBT, clients begin to recognize that their moods, behaviors, and thoughts are all interconnected. And if we make changes in one of the dimensions, the others will follow. For instance, if I have a lot of negative thoughts, such as, I'm a mess, I never get it right, I hate my clothes, these thoughts are gonna drive my depression. Often the way that we think our thoughts are related to our beliefs, which may or may not be conscious to us. The therapist will help the client identify these beliefs that are often formed in our developing years as healthy adaptations to our situations then as children. But now as adults, they may no longer be adaptive. A typical client in cognitive behavioral therapy might identify in the therapy that their depression is related to their overfunctioning or their need for perfection. They might be fueling this behavior because of an underlying belief that their worth is based on success. A CBT client works hard at identifying and changing thought patterns, and beliefs that are no longer adaptive. And finally, the third wave is what I call the positive psychology wave. Positive psychology is sometimes referred to as the science of happiness. Positive psychologists try to address and promote happiness while acknowledging the problems of the world or the problems of the individual. The goal is to minimize negativity in one's thinking and behavior, to develop a more optimistic attitude that will enhance rather than disrupt one's social, professional, or spiritual life. You may hear therapies called acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, mindfulness practices, solution-focused, motivational interviewing. Psychologists are also beginning to acknowledge the importance of religious, spiritual, and contemplative practices 
as a key component of mental health. These therapies are often used with chronic pain patients or chemical dependency. A typical client I see fitting into this wave might be referred by a family doctor because of situational lifestyle crises, such as retirement, job loss, infertility, or help to alleviate chronic pain. Often these patients have not struggled with mental health issues before, or they are patients who now are able to manage their mood levels and have insight into their own psychology. They've done some healing work around past traumas or loss and need assistance developing practices that enhance mood and relationships. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I need to alert you that this podcast is not meant to be a substitution for mental health treatment. Although we talk about psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. If listeners are interested in pursuing therapy, I would refer you to psychologytoday.com backslash US or your insurance carrier network. All right, this is Dr. Banker. Until next time.